Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. Good Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific. We stream it live on YouTube and Facebook, and of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! You know, sometimes I want to bring y'all behind the scenes so y'all can see. I'll be back here, man. I'll be, I'll be killing it. Coming up today, though, we are going to talk about the winner's and the Luhu Zahers from the NFL Draft. Talking about the current Dallas Cowboys, the veterans, if you will. Although some of these guys are not veterans. But that's going to be the meat and potatoes of today's show. Plus, Will McClay joined 105 through the fans. Shout out to G-Bag Nation. And he sounded off about the NFL Draft. We got a clip about that. And we'll talk about some of the things he mentioned. Some of these players that leads into the winners and losers of today's show and in the roundup we got another intriguing undrafted free look our undrafted free agent list is very interesting it's very interesting I, this team is going to be hard to crack in general but but there's some guys on that undrafted free agents list that i don't think they're going to want to let out this building if they show off in camp if they show off in preseason so we got another feature for that we'll be doing that pretty much every day leading up to training camp or, or mini camp or what have you so Make sure y'all stick around for the roundup. And then after that, we'll get into the winners and the Lahu Zahers. What's good, Bomb Squad? My winners. My winners of the day. Um, what made me want to talk about this, this topic today, I was listening to my guy B, and uh, B as in Barry Church. And who I'm trying to get back on the show. And uh, Danny McCray. And they were talking about how when they were on the team and I think it was the the Mark Barron draft. And when I say Mark Barron, it's really the Mo Claiborne draft. And they were just sitting there like, please, Lord, don't let them take Mark Barron. Because that, that means that likely somebody is out in that room. And I think it reminded me as a fan that there is a real life human element to those guys in that locker room during this process. You're not even playing. You're just watching the draft. You know, you're rooting for these young men to get their opportunity. But at the end of the day, a lot of them are coming to take your job. So as I'm listening and cracking up at, at their human element to the situation, I'm like, how many of those guys in the room right now are feeling the same way? How many of those guys are like, whoo, I'm glad they passed on Steve Avila. Woo. I'm glad they passed on, et cetera, et cetera. And how many of them are like, damn, I'm going to have to step up. I'm going to have to step up because they drafted that guy to take my spot or they drafted that guy to compete at my spot. So I wanted to kind of get into the winners and the losers. And that's kind of how I, I designated. We could have did it differently, but that's kind of the cut and dry aspect of it. So I got uh, a handful of winners uh, and just a few of the losers. But 
the winners and losers, the winners are mostly positioned. So we'll get into that and we'll have a good time doing it. If you want to call into the show, you can 351-999-3787. Now, I saw you brought up Cropper, bro. He's not today's feature. I started off going that route and ended up somewhere else. And I said, I won't talk about him today. I'll probably talk about Cropper tomorrow. I'm actually trying to get some some more Cropper film, like like actual film. And I found out a way to do it. So I got it. I'm going to study it. I want to watch this kid because I think he could he could be very interesting down at camp as well. But the dude in our roundup is not Cropper. It's actually. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. Before we get to the spotlight, because he's there, I want to talk about this crazy stat that I saw yesterday on Twitter. I was in a, a debate with an Eagle fan. I mean, just... And, you know, this is why I don't like Twitter, man, because people don't really know how you view your team or how you talk about your team or whatever. They assume because you're arguing, they're arguing with people all day, trolls and, 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 and just ridiculous stuff on Twitter that you can't have a normal human reaction anymore on Twitter, a normal human back and forth. I don't even call it a debate. I wasn't even debating with this dude. I was just giving him the facts and I was talking about how impressive and good the Cowboys' run defense was with Jonathan Hankins. I'm like, dog, I'm not trying to give you Skittles and rainbows here. When Jonathan Hankins played, the Cowboys' defense, run defense, was fantastic. Damn it, I didn't know it was this good. So here's a crazy stat of the day. The Cowboys' rush success, and this comes from Joey Ikes, which comes from, I believe, Nate Tice. The Cowboys' rush success rate on defense with Jonathan Hankins on the field 74 percent the best run defense in the league last year was 73 percent in other words with a true nose tackle on the field they were the best rushing defense in the entire nfl well don't you know i took that right there i, I copy pasted it and i just said mic drop sir i don't need to talk anymore this is exactly what i was telling you <laughs> And this is what I meant by yesterday when we did our rating the draft and we featured, you know, obviously Mozzie Smith. And, and you remember I was talking about how I think Dan Quinn saw what it meant to bring Jonathan Hankins on this team. How impactful he was and the possibilities of having a healthy trio of a Jonathan Hankins, Mozzie Smith and Quentin Bohanna of, of those kind of nose tackle run stop guys, a plethora of those type of guys. Last year, that wasn't the case. Last year, your third guy in Bohanna was your first guy. Think about that for a second. He was the first guy for about the first seven or eight games. And then he got hurt after the third week or so because he was showing some flashes prior to that. Now you got two bona fide studs and a dude in Bo who could be a, a, a rotational dude. You don't have to play a lot. So when you hear McClay talk about, hey, man, we haven't seen a guy like Mozzie you know, at this at rated this high, I think that has a lot to do with what they saw in, in Hankins. I think there was a little bit of a 
a a value increase based off of how they want to play and what they saw with Hankins. But unbelievable stat. The Cowboys, 74% run defense success rate with Jonathan Hankins on the field. The best run defense in the league was 73. Oh, I tell you, Mozzie Smith and Jonathan Hank is about to make this defense go crazy. All right, today's undrafted free agent spotlight, you can see it right there, is the tight end slash halfback Noah. Almost called him Noah Fan. That's <laughs> his cousin. Princeton Fan, not Noah Fan. Princeton Fan. Okay, Princeton Fan. It's very interesting to me because he's got that athleticism of a for a tweener H-back type that doesn't make sense, right? Think Jameez Olawale on steroids, right? If you guys remember the Cowboys signed Jameez Olawale and Keller Moore just didn't use him. And then when he tried to use him, Jameez just couldn't catch the rock. You know, it was a pointless signing. But I wanted to feature him because he came to Tennessee, and this is an athlete. You know, you know how high school guys, they don't know where to put him. They pit. They put athlete next to him. That was Princeton fan at Tennessee. He started off as a receiver, came in as a receiver, moved to running back, and then he settled in at tight end. He only goes about 6'1 or so, roughly 230 or so pounds. So he's not a big dude, but he's not a receiver. So I wonder if they're going to use him in an H-back type of role. And if you watch him play down there you see that his testing numbers from his pro day actually match up on the film he ran a 466 jumped a uh 10.10.3 10 foot 3 inches in a broad jump and 35 and a half inches in the vert and all of those would have ranked seven top seventh in the uh combine amongst tight ends so this is an explosive athlete for his size for his position uh, I don't think he'll play a traditional tight end for the Cowboys because one thing that we know about Mike McCarthy over the years is that he'll use a versatile guy like this, you know? He's done it with a John Coon. He used him all over the place. Randall Cobb did a bunch of things. Uh, he made the, the receiver turn into a running back in, in Ty Montgomery. They also signed Hunter Lipke, uh, another versatile type of dude. Princeton Fant. May not be the blocking, blocking fullback, but he, but he's one of those kind of move-around guys that those H-back guys kind of throw back a little bit that I'm going to keep my eye on. I think he could be really fun to watch down there at camp if Coach Mike McCarthy decides to roll with an H-back fullback type. It could be a fun competition between Lipke and him. And, and interestingly enough, uh, for Fant, he had more rushing touchdowns last year than he had receiving touchdowns. Now, his production is not going to be there. He didn't have a ton of production. You're, you're, you're just basically going off of the traits. You're going off of the athleticism. And you want to get him in here and see where he could fit. Uh, but he did have a career year last year. Eight touchdowns total, but five of those were rushing. Also threw a touchdown pass to Jalen Hyatt. So very interesting and, and, and versatile player that could be one of those fun ones to keep an eye on when we get to rookie minicamp, honestly. Because I want to see where they're going to line him up. A uh, little bit of a future thing here. I, I'm trying to get him on the show. We reached out to him. He reached back. We're going to try to get him on the show. I want to talk to him, and I want to know, you know, where do they view him? Do they view him as a pure tight end? Do they want him to put on about 10 pounds? Or, or do they look at him as a move-around guy? So I want to talk to him. I want to get. I want the nation to get to know him a little bit more. I think he's one of the most interesting guys 
from a football standpoint at the Cowboys sign. Today's UDFA spotlight, Princeton fan. Before we move on with uh, Will McClay, I want to kind of get in the chat and, and, and just kind of talk talk to you guys about fan. For those who may be, you know, big time SEC fans that watched them a lot, uh, just kind of your thoughts or just your thoughts in general on them before we talk about Will McClay here. Marcus says, I think he can cause mismatches. Yeah. Fant and Hunter are talented. They are, you know, and I'm starting to see the more and more you dive into this undrafted list, you know, why a lot of analysts rated the Cowboys as number one when it came to undrafted free agent acquisitions, because you know there's a lot of talented dudes that there's only seven rounds, right? Where I was saying this to myself, if we were back in the day where they had, I think it was 12 rounds, these dudes are getting drafted left and right, but, but that's not the case anymore. So they kind of center in on specifics with a lot of these players, unless you're just uber, uber talented or uber, uber productive. Yes. Big SARS. That's the competition between Fant and Lipke. 100%. If they decide to do it and don't rule out, you know, this is another thing uh, to think about. Sean McEwen likes Sean McEwen. Know me. I'm a big fan of Sean McEwen. Sean McEwen, Currently, right now, is your, you're likely your tight end four. And he was that move-around guy in the sense of put him in the backfield, lead block, and things like that. And I thought he did a solid job. Um, if they wanted to roll right now with four tight ends, I think that Sean McEwen is your fourth tight end. However, if they wanted to add a little bit more versatility to that role, they wanted to add a guy that can carry the rock or a guy that can catch the ball a little bit better, more athleticism. That's where Hunter Lipke, that's where Princeton Fant, can give you something different from a Sean McEwen. All three of them are undrafted guys, and all three of them bring something different to the table. Lipke is more of a runner. Uh, Fant can do a lot more athletic things and, and be more of a catch. Look, you see the running back in Fant after the catch, right? And then McEwen is more of that blocker type, and you can use him as a tight end. So let's go ahead and let's throw in Sean McEwen in that bunch. And if you guys follow me last year, before we get to camp, and and we used to do it for rookie mini camp, but I don't know if we'll do it this year. We have camp battles. I'm going to keep my eye on that one. I think McEwen, Fant, and Lipke could be a very fun camp battle if they decide to run it that way. But whew, long way to go until we figure out the, number, the numbers game on how they want to do things. So, uh. Yeah, yeah, last year, uh, Vasher was definitely a part of the group. And Vasher had some moments. Vasher was was a, the second-year player, I believe, second-year player, Tom, who, who showed some moments and whatnot, but a guy that needed to get better as a route runner, a guy that didn't get better as a route runner, and Simi was better, you know? They drafted a receiver. They signed Turpin. He wasn't making this roster unless he snapped out. And that's kind of the same thing for a lot of these other these, these bottom-of-the-roster dudes. Uh, that are coming into their second year, you're going to have to snap to make this roster because it's it's a it's a deep and talented roster because of what they did prior to the draft, and then you got the drafted players who have, hold the pedigree. So I don't know who this year's fan would be, or I'm um, sorry, Vasher would be. Cowboys always hit with tight ends and undrafted, says CJ. Sean McEwen, Peyton Hendershot. Ooh, who said Chris Cooley? Chris Cooley, yeah, that's a good name. How big was Chris Cooley? 
That's a good name. If Fant could be like a Chris Cooley type, my goodness. He was a problem for Dallas. He gave us headaches a ton with Washington. That's a good name. Chris Cooley. I would love that. Uh, I mean, you falling in love. You 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 all in time, so you in love. But yeah, no, nobody should fall in love. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what your point is about the Vasher thing. I just wanted to bring it up because I saw you, you talk about it in there. Um, but we're just highlighting the undrafted free agents, Tom. We we got we got toxic Tom back today, y'all. We're just highlighting the undrafted free agents and guys to keep an eye on when we get down there. <laughs> my goodness. Let's get some uh let's get some power of positivity up in here. My guy, Mr. Ronnie, aka my writing brother. What's good, man? How you doing? Good morning. God bless you and your family and your show and your boy Voss and his show too and his family. I just want to say you started off hot. I like the topic that you start off. I think that fan guy is going to be very interesting at camp because I was looking at at a couple of his highlights. He got a lot of things that I think that Mike McCartney will try to work with. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I think that the the, uh, the draft class that they pick, they're like the one that's undrafted, them players, they, they are really good. So it's going to be hard for a lot of the people that's on the team right now. Yeah. But they're going to have to bring the game. I think even Sober is going to have to bring his game because that boy, I mean, I'm not trying to take you off the thing, but that guy on Moreno, the receiver, he's going to be something else in camp. I would like to see what he's going to do. But for now, anyway, that's all I got to say. God bless you in the prime like always, and keep up the good work, my brother. So Thank let's you. look. Why don't you stick around for Tober because he makes one of our list of winners and losers today. Uh, and let's go ahead and get into that, by the way. Let's talk about the winners and losers of today's, I'm sorry, following the draft. And before we do that, uh, we got to talk about what Will McClay said on 105.3 The Fan. He he had about a 15-minute interview, and he talked about a bunch of things. But I'm just going to pull out the offensive line part because that is really where a lot of us are interested in knowing why he made the decisions he made at the offensive line. And he was very adamant about the process going into the draft about the offensive line. And he even talked about Tyler Smith, where, where Tyler Smith would play, or that puzzle is what he called it. They're still figuring out. So here's Will McClay on G-Bag Nation uh, discussing. Do you see Tyler Smith playing tackle? And if so, what's the what's your vision for, for left guard? Um, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a puzzle that will uh, be continued to be figured out because we have talented people there. Uh, and what we want to try and do is get our best five, and that's what training camp is for. That's what OTAs are for and all those things. It's easy to say it should be this, but you want to go through it. We have a new offensive line coach. You know, we're doing things new offensively, so it's an opportunity to start fresh and put the best five on the field. One thing I will know that Tyler should and will be in that uh, best five. I was surprised you guys didn't come out with another offensive lineman, Will, before a pick 169 anyway, a, a higher one. What gives you confidence to not to not add another player higher up? Well, we've drafted people. We've seen guys develop. We signed Chuma Adoga uh, in free agency. Um, and, um, you know, we just feel like the development of that group is continuing to grow. And you can't um, – 
you know, pour all of your resources into the offensive line. Uh, but if you have quality people and you have young guys that are continuing to grow, college football is not played like the NFL. So when you draft a kid out of college, there's going to be growing pains. But you want to pick the guys with the traits and with the uh, mental fortitude and the ability to continue to grow. Um, you know, there's everybody doesn't have uh, all five first-round picks on the offensive line. So it's those guys that come in that – that uh, are willing to put in the work, that are willing to learn from these stages. we got a lot of young guys that we have invested in, and it's their time to shine, and it's their opportunity to shine. We'll continue to try and add to that, um, but there's also other holes and places and things that we need to do for our roster. He said we got a lot of young guys that we invested a lot of time in. Time for y'all to step up, man. You know, he, he look, this is interesting because it is, A, a vote of confidence, right? But it's also, I'm putting the pressure on y'all. I'm putting the pressure on y'all. So we'll talk about these guys being winners. But they may not be winners for long if they don't step it up. But here's our first part of the show. Our first winners following the NFL draft. And it's basically those backup offensive linemen. Because the Cowboys did not really draft a guy high up in the draft. And you heard... You know, McClay almost, I don't want to say offended, but he was very adamant in, in defending his their process. And, I, and he said something that we kind of brought up earlier in the draft process where, look, we would love to take an offensive lineman in the first round. It's clearly a huge hole. But if you look around the league, teams are not doing that. Like, you have to be able to get by. You have to be able to still develop guys without picking a bunch of first or second round offensive linemen. Now that I would not complain at all. I wanted an offensive lineman in the first or second round, but at some damn point, at some point you've got to be able to develop somebody like a Tyler Biotish, right? A fourth round guy, fifth round guy, and you turn him into a, a staple of your offensive line. And he brought up coach Mike Solari, who's in the middle here, who is tasked to, improve all of these dudes and the first one there josh ball who is moving into guard your 2021 fourth round pick hey man we invested a lot in these guys got to step up josh ball is one of them now that experiment at right tackle was probably done you know them not drafting a guard until possibly the fifth round allows josh ball the chance to compete there same could be said for Matt Fournier, who had three starts. He had his opportunity last year uh, and, and didn't do well. You know, in, in his three starts, he gave up 13 pressures and six quarterback hits. You know, and that's and that's that's coming from, you know, in those three starts where Cooper Rush was a starter for two of those games. And Cooper Rush was getting the ball out ridiculously fast. Think about that for a second. You know, you're allowing pressures and quarterback hits to a guy who ain't even trying to hold the ball. So he's got to step up, but he's technically a winner because he's going to have that chance to compete. Matt Walesco might be the biggest winner, though. He might be the biggest winner because he might be your, your most talented player. And, and again, I'm not, don't mistaken talent for uh, a surefire guaranteed thing. It's just that they didn't sign a swing tackle. They didn't draft a swing tackle. We don't really know quite yet what's going on with Tyron Smith, but I do know that Tyron Smith is going to miss time. 
So Matt Willetsko, who was placed on IR last year, didn't really get a, didn't really get a chance to play in the regular season. Got a chance to play in preseason after his shoulder situation, and it, it, we were kind of excited. Like, okay, look, he looks way better than Josh Ball out there. Matt Willetsko, another winner. Chima Idoja, who signed a one-year deal coming from the Falcons by the way of the Jets, third-round pick in 2019. Cowboys has shown interest before in Chima. Maybe he's your biggest winner. Because if they decide to, to not go Tyler Smith at guard, Idoja right now, as we speak, might be your guard. However, you heard Will McClay say in that clip, best five and Tyler Smith is a part of that best five the best five right now Tyron Tyron Tyler Smith I'm sorry it's part of that best five Tyron Smith injury withstanding the best five includes Tyron and Tyler on one side and Terrence on the other that is just a scary thought to think about so look they're winners Josh Ball Matt Fournette well let's go Edoga they're winners but they got a lot of pressure on them. And Mike Solari, I think, is going to put a lot of pressure on them. And, you know, I, I don't think that we should just blow past what Coach or what Coach, what Will McClay said about, hey, we got a new offensive line coach. I think he's shown a lot of confidence in Mike Solari and getting the best out of some of these guys and or bringing a run scheme that mitigates a lot of these dudes' weaknesses. So maybe the number one Excuse me. Voice is all crazy. Maybe the number one schematic thing I'm looking for down there really doesn't revolve the the West Coast offense pass system. Because, look, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, you've got established dudes. You, you, you've got the dudes to make whatever the hell you want, want to do from a passing standpoint work. What about, on, what about the rushing attack? I want to know if there's a what's the plan for the rushing attack. Schematically, how are we going to operate? So that's the more intriguing X's and O's thing I'm looking forward to down there. But but these are your old line winners, I think, coming out of the draft. Let's see here. Let's get into the chat. Uh, Professor O says he Doja looks solid in the one game. He played for the Falcons, and unfortunately, the game, he got hurt. But he says, I'm not betting on him, though. I wonder if they are. I wonder if they are. Tony from Tampa. What's goody, man? Hello? Yes, sir. You live. Hey, yo, what else, guy? Good morning, man. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, man. Hey, um, I think this new offense right here, man, uh, I don't think Dak could be holding that that ball too too long. Uh, trying to wait for the play to develop, like when Kellen Moore was in there, man. I think uh, it'll help this offensive line out uh, pretty good, man. I think uh, you know uh, the only thing is uh, the depth. The depth uh, they really do need to prove themselves this year. Like Josh Ball, he need to he need to get on the ball, man. Yeah. A lot of these players like J. Lou. And all of them, man, they need to, you know, the Jason Garrett mentality is gone, man. You know, ain't no more sitting there and waiting, you know, and, and waiting three, four years for you to, to not do nothing, man. You know, 
now, you know, now is the time for them guys to step up, man. I think they do sense the urgency, especially Tyron Smith, man. Like, they, he know they ain't playing with him no more, man. You know, he know that they ain't playing. And, uh, who, who you know, it's a new day, man. It's a new attitude. Yeah. She, I... Yeah, because with them, uh, I thought they was going to get rid of him. But, you know, they kept him and they gave him, they gave him a deal. Uh, they restructured his deal or whatever. But they restructured it in a way – that they know, hey, he might go down for such and such games or whatever, and um, they setting themselves up to move on from him. So I think they know that. I, I think he know that. You know, I, I know. think he. I think it's gonna be some stepping up this year, man. With this new offense, that gonna get rid of it quick. I like the mentality going on. And as far as the draft picks, man, look, these people get in the room with a Brandon Cooks, a Gilmore. They get in the room with a Michael Parsons. And 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 man, these these them, them boys gonna eat, man. You seen the highlights on these kids, man? I watched the film. Not don't not just the I, highlights. I got, not I, just the highlights. I got I got faith. Yeah, yeah. I seen the highlights. You know, I, I ain't yeah, got yeah, time I get, to I watch them. Uh, I know, but I get. I got. <laughs> I, 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 if I do just highlights, man, I'm putting everybody in the Pro Bowl. Everybody, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tell you that boy Vaughn, man. When he broke that dude. Ankles like twice, man. I was like, oh my god. Oh, dude, this dude. Yeah. If they know yeah, how to use him, man, <sighs> man, he is tough. And that boy from Texas, man, he is a missile, man. That's all I see is him. Uh, him and, and Wilson back there hitting. Man, they set the tone quick, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited about this year, man. That's all I got, man. I'm excited, man. You know, my man. I'm I'm through the roof right now, man. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So, hey. I had to contribute to the number one Cowboys show in the country, man. My God. Hey, and, uh, it sounds like you on a the nice road. Day, man. It sounds like you on the road. Yeah, yeah, I'm down, right, yeah, I'm down here in Pompano Beach, man. I'm down here by uh, Reva Motorsports where XX uh, got killed at, man. Ooh. Well, look, bro. So, Be safe yeah. out there. Drive safe. Uh, get back home and, and trace a safe travels, man. All right, you too, man. Salute. Kyle won't go back a, a couple other callers where he brought up Tobert. And I want to bring up this tweet from my guy, Pat Walker, which it came from Will McClay. It says, Will McClay on Cowboys outlook at wide receiver as they ramp up to train camp. We talked about the maturation process of players like Semi Feoko and Jalen Tobert. We're looking for those guys to step up. Again, confidence in them, but putting the pressure on them to step up. We've got to speed up that curve, but we feel good. There, look, I haven't even heard him say that, but you can just feel the sense of urgency in Will McClay's voice. I got a feeling if Will McClay was the coach here, man, he'd be he'd be on. I'm going to just say that. He'd be, he'd be on a couple of these guys. But we feel, he says, we've got to speed up that curve, but we feel good. Again, winners, but there's pressure. I like that. I'm going to give you this confidence. I got confidence in you to step up, but you better step up. Jalen Tolbert and Simi Feoko are definitely winners following this draft. They didn't take a receiver to the seventh round, y'all. You know? Tolbert was your 2022 third-round pick. He only played 89 snaps last year. Two receptions. I think both of them came in garbage time. Was inactive a handful of times. Constantly going out to the streets. 
to find a receiver, in the trade market to find a receiver. And then it came out after the season that hey, Jalen Tober himself said, I wasn't ready. I was trying to learn and play at the same time, and it didn't work out, but I'll be more confident moving forward. Like Tobert, Simi Fehoko, and Tobert, I think both of those guys will benefit from Mike McCarthy being the offensive play caller, will benefit from a more of a West Coast system. Now, Simi might have a little bit more pressure because he's a 2021 fifth-round pick, so he doesn't have the pedigree as Tobert, and he's a, he's a year removed uh, from or two years removed from being picked. And we've seen them cut guys in this round. In fact, the fifth round aside from Deron Bland has been atrocious over the last half decade or so. So they'll, they'll cut you if he doesn't get it together. Now, the thing about Simi Fehoko, though, I thought he got an unfair. He, he got it. He, he got a raw deal. Simi was one of the better receivers, not named Simi, Simi Fehoko, not named C.D. Lamb down there at training camp last year. Preseason, didn't get a shot. The quarterbacks really couldn't get them the ball. It's, it's really hard to, to judge these receivers when you got, you know, backup quarterbacks plus backup offensive linemen throwing the ball. You, those two things combined aren't great for these receivers trying to make a name for themselves. But Simi almost every day felt like he was making big plays and he was getting more consistent as the training camp went on. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He, he's got the, the, the prototype that Mike McCarthy likes. Tober's got the draft pedigree, so he's going to get his shot. But them not drafting a receiver to the seventh round makes these guys a huge winner coming out of the draft. Because we kept thinking, hey, man, they've shown interest in, in Johnston. They've shown interest in high. They've shown interest in a lot of these wide receivers, seven of them. Seven wide receivers were brought in, but they didn't take one to the seventh round. And then when Will McClay says, we talked about the maturation process of players like Simi and Jalen. We're looking for those guys to step up. It's a vote of confidence. Pressure, but confidence. I like it. You know, this is interesting, Beast Mode. Um, he says, I, I need Dak to get reps in the preseason. Just one series will not hurt. I was battling that last year. I didn't know how to feel about that last year. Uh, but he probably should have because of the, the drastic change at wide receiver. Well, I wonder if McCarthy does that or not. It seems like they probably won't. It's, it's way too early to, to talk about that, but nonetheless. Double R says, well, if nothing else, bring back T.Y. Hilton for a one-year deal. A lot of people are, are in favor of, of potentially bringing in a wide receiver. And I think tomorrow, if I don't if I don't get back to the rating series, we'll talk about potential uh, positions to bring in. Receiver may be up there for some. Milton Green says, I feel I feel better about Tober. Or sorry, I feel Tober will have a better season because he doesn't have to think as much and he can play. I think that also having the West Coast style of offense, the route tree and this whole option route thing won't be out there. Again, we I say this a lot, but you know, talking to Will Greer, talking to Jalen Tobert, these things were hard to pick up for, for guys who are new-ish to the team. Greer was on the team a little bit. But he was newer in the grand scheme of things. And Jalen Tober was a wide-eyed rookie out of South Alabama. You know? And you know it's a you know it was hard for him to, to crack this roster or to get it together when he had every opportunity to. James Washington went down. 
uh, uh, Michael Gallup wasn't in there. You had CeeDee Lamb and a guy who was a wide receiver five for his career. And Tober couldn't quite crack it. So that just tells you how hard it was for Jalen Tober last year. Let's get my guy DJ on the horn. What's good, DJ? Hey, good morning, Scott. How are you doing this morning, sir? Oh, man, I'm doing fantastic. Good, good, good. Hey, um, you know, what you were talking about, the reason I called in was mainly because, you know, these guys, we, uh, it feels like we have depth pretty much everywhere outside of, you know, maybe tied in, uh, especially interior O-line. Uh, and I really like the, the move. It, it just feels like they kind of roster feeling right now. Real, so, real quick, you don't like the depth at tight end? Well, it's not that I don't like it, right? It's just the, uh, yeah. you know, for instance, we had Hidden Shots for, uh, at Ferguson, and then, of course, McKeon, or McEwen, however you say that. And Schoolmaker. Um, but, yeah. School well, Schoolmaker now. Yeah, right? I, was, I was thinking pre-draft. Oh, you know, okay, going okay, into okay. my bad, my bad. I thought yeah, you yeah. meant at this moment. I'm like, oh, you got pretty decent depth at tight end. But go ahead. And so, like, going into this offseason, I mean, they've, they've, they've done a real good job. And just comparison to last season where it felt like they didn't really do anything. You know, we've been talking about it ever since they started doing moves. And it's really like they're, they're addressing everything and getting a depth at those positions that we feel of need. Maybe not the exact way that we would like them to do it, but they're doing it nonetheless. Um, oh, yeah. And, and, and I think these guys that they're picking up, uh, a lot of these rookies and these later, these later round guys outside of like Deuce Vaughn or somebody like that. Um, I mean, really, it's going to come down to whether they can even make the team or not because the, the, the depth and the skill level of the team as a whole was already pretty good all the way around. Yeah. So, I mean, if these guys come in and show out, hey, all the better because they're getting, you know, they're getting uh, tested through the fire and all that kind of stuff and, and the best will pertain to rise to the top. So, I think all the way around, I, I really like, I really like the fact that they're they're going to this level with the UDFA's, with what they did in the draft, and of course what they did um, with the trade before. Indeed, DJ, and and we want it to be tough for late round picks and undrafted free agents to make this team. That means you got a good team, in my opinion. Exactly, exactly. Even even all the way down to the Tolberts of the world, uh, the the Fajocos, um, things like like that. Um, you know, uh, McEwen, as much as we've liked him, you know, he's not just going to have a guaranteed spot this year. You know, it, it, his seat wouldn't, I wouldn't say his seat's on fire, but it, it is, it's warming up a little bit for sure. Yeah, I don't know if you were here at the beginning of the show, but uh, I think I, I included McEwen, Lipke, and, and Princeton Fant as guys competing potentially for that fourth tight end slash H-back role. Like McEwen is, he's going to, he's in competition right now. Yeah. For sure, for sure. But, I mean, that's all I got, brother. I'll let you get back to it. Keep this, you know, keep this flowing and efficient and everything. But I appreciate you taking my call like always, brother. My God, I appreciate you, DJ. So, we, we talked about a bunch of the winners. What about the losers, though? Yeah. What about the players where we talked about Barry Church and, 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 and McCray were – sitting in that room during the Mark Barron and, and Mo Claiborne draft, hoping they don't take Mark Barron. They didn't take Mark Barron. They were excited. But those cornerbacks, when they took Mo Claiborne, were probably feeling the heat. Who's feeling the heat now? 
All right, we talked about guys feeling the heat prior to the to the draft, and some of those players are not on this list anymore. But these guys, to me, are quote unquote the losers following the NFL draft right now. Now, loser does not mean these guys are going to get kicked off the team. Loser just means they've drafted players at this position that put them in a very tough situation, meaning the actual players here. And these players are going to have to show them something. Now, there is pedigree that could keep some of these guys around. There's also a chance that these coaches don't give a damn about that because they're trying to win. There's no player that has more heat put on them right now, probably than Neville Gallimore. The Cowboys drafted, obviously, Mozzie Smith. And a lot of people would say, oh, Mozzie's a nose, sure. But we just did a whole show yesterday where the Cowboys coaches, Will McClay, Mozzie Smith himself, Stephen Jones, the front office, all said, we're not pigeonholing him as a nose tackle. He's going to do multiple things for us. Not to mention... They get Junior Fehoko in the fourth round, who the position coach came out and said, hey, man, we foresee him sliding into three-tech at some point. They're going to give him a shot to play on the outside, see how that works out, and they're, they're looking to move him inside. Neville Gallimore could be this year's Tristan Hill. Where Tristan Hill was the same way, where, hey, man, they're drafting these, these, these defensive linemen, you know, you got a lot of heat on you. They're signing these guys. Hankins is back, by the way. You could throw him in there. Neville Gallimore right now has a very, very big hill to climb. I think to make this, not only just make the rotation, you know, make the team. Because Dan Quinn covets versatility up there. Covets it. And if you aren't a versatile guy, then damn it, you got to be good. This is what you got to do. You got to be trash can full of dirt. You got to be run guy. You got to be pass rush guy. Real quick. Y'all, the hell Neville Gallimore. Like, if you had to say, this is what Neville Gallimore does. What does he do? It, there's, there's, there's nothing right now because they trying to bounce him around. Uh, he came in to kind of be a bulldozer and he showed that flash. But then, you know, he tried to put on some weight to, to be more versatile against the run. Didn't work out for him last year. So I think he might have lost a little bit of that quickness that he had coming out of Oklahoma. So, Neville Gallimore, big hill to climb. I think he's a loser coming out of this draft. Jabril Cox is another one that I think is a loser coming out of this draft. 2021 fourth-round pick has only played or has only been active in 16 games. Now, obviously, he got hurt his rookie year towards ACL. Didn't really come back fully until, you know, towards the end of training camp down there in Oxnard, and he played in maybe one or two preseason games. Jabril Cox, they drafted Overshone. And Overshone has the draft pedigree. Um, he's probably a better athlete. I don't know the numbers exactly, but Jabril Cox was a good athlete coming out. But Overshone is a more explosive athlete on tape. Dan Quinn and those dudes, sounds like they love the possibility, the thought of what they can do with an Overshone. Plus, while Jabril Cox may be a cover guy, I think Overshone, they're looking, and he even said this, they're looking at him as a versatile guy that can do the opposite and affect the quarterback as opposed to the receiver or tight end or running back. Now, he, we've seen him drop back and cover in college and make plays like that. But, you know, Overshone did come out and say, hey, man, look, 
they they like the thought of me coming downhill and getting after the quarterback in instances as well. So when you draft a guy like that in the third round, Jarrell Cox continues to kind of get knocked down in that depth chart. Now, obviously, they got to get out there and Overshone has got to prove it. You know, this would be year three for Jabril Cox. I actually got a chance to speak to him down there. If you want to see the video, just type in Jabril Cox on our page. And you can hear him talk about how the mental aspect of the game was something that was a big deal for him, too. And it all actually made sense when you look at last year how I don't know if this was a Dan Quinn thing. I don't know if this was a George um, uh, George Edwards thing. But they brought in Anthony Barr and played him a lot because I think they trusted him and LVE as the veterans to be where they needed to be. Maybe just maybe this year with the defensive tackles in the front four or five, depending what they do, how they come out or three having a different assignment, different responsibilities to free up these linebackers. Maybe that will allow all of these athletic linebackers because they are ridiculous athletes at the end of the day, the Jabril Cox, Devin Harper, Overshone Clark are, are athletes. And if and that if they can be free and just run free without thinking so much, maybe that'll allow them to play better. Maybe that'll increase Jabril Cox's confidence, et cetera, on the field. Again, not saying Jabril Cox is going to be off the team, but they drafted Overshone. I do think that's in direct competition with him because you'll have Clark, you'll have LVE. But you're going to need that third guy to to spell those two or potential injury who can come in. Jabril Cox, his, his seat is on fire a little bit for playing time, not necessarily for a roster spot. And then there's Kelvin Joseph. Another 2021 second round pick. Interesting all defensive players here, but you can we could include many other players, but I'll leave that up to y'all after we're done here. Kelvin Joseph, second round pick in 2021. We understand the, the off-field thing, but I'm going to stick to on-field right now. And on-field wasn't good last year. You know, four touchdowns and 104 coverage snaps and two penalties. Could have got beat worse had teams went that way uh, on film. Where he his saving grace may be is special teams coming into the draft. However, they drafted Eric Scott Jr., explosive athlete physical corner some of the things we were saying about kelvin joseph athlete physical corner not afraid to come up and hit can play special teams eric scott can do all that and if you want to see how excited they were to trade up by the way they traded a future pick for this man so unless he completely bombs Y'all know how I feel about, you know, the Cowboys and their draft picks. Nine times out of ten, if you are drafted, you're making the team. It's just a matter of of how you're going to make the team. Are you going to make the team as a reserve player, as an inactive player, as a, hey, man, your ankle hurt, right? But they making the team. They traded up for Eric Scott. Kelvin Joseph was benched for dudes on the street for, for Nashawn Wright. You know? So... His saving grace is pedigree because he was drafted in the second round in special teams. But his seat is extremely hot. He finished the season, a season that had Rhodes and Mullins and Nashawn Wright. He finished the season cornerback seven. I'm sorry. 
I know a lot of people want to say, well, Scott, I'm not saying don't give him a chance. I want him to go out there and compete. Yeah, go earn it. Don't cut him now. I ain't saying cut him now. You need 90 players to go down there anyway in camp. So, yeah, let Kelvin Joseph go compete. But I'm not just about to sit here and overlook that he finished the season cornerback 12. Can't do it. Won't do it. Won't do it. So his seat's hot, man. They're excited to get Eric Scott. I think he's going to come in here and push all these bottom of the roster corners. You can include Nation right in here if you want. Got a problem with that. But Kelvin, Nation, and whoever else is at the bottom of the roster at cornerback, they're losers. Not, not, <laughs> I'm not calling them personally losers because y'all know how, oh, Skywalker still call it Kelvin. Nah, no, no, no. They're losers following the draft. Social media. All right, man. Th those are my loser lists. Uh, Jabril Cox, Kelvin Joseph, and, and Neville Gallimore. Who would you add to your winners and losers list, Cowboys Nation? Who would you add? King Element said he getting cut. Talking about uh, Kelvin Joseph. Winners and losers. They don't got to be you know, big name or little names. It could, it could be big names, you know, like you could say Michael Gallup, for instance, you can say he's a winner because they didn't take, you know, an X Y receiver early in a draft. That's cool. Would you consider Malik Davis a winner or loser Trey G? Because you know where I had him, I actually had him on a list and I took him off just because the room isn't, it isn't crazy. There's two guys. I'll give you my names. There's two guys. I was contemplating putting on a loser list, Turpin and Malik Davis, all because of one dude that was drafted. Deuce Vaughn. Um, I guess you could add Lipke if you want, but Deuce Vaughn is going to push one of those dudes. I don't know if they're going to push him off the roster, but they may push him in a depth chart. So I was a little bit torn on it, but I just kept thinking, I don't know, man. I feel like Malik Davis is still in, in prime position to, to make this roster because they didn't do a whole lot at the position. Um, they, they got they got Deuce, and I think Deuce is going to make the team. But And I like Rojo. Y'all know I do like Rojo, but they could go with four if they don't go with the fullback. Rojo's not guaranteed to make the team either. So I, I just decided to keep him off. Turpin, I thought about putting him on because, again, Deuce Vaughn could challenge for a kick return, punt return situation. But then I said, let me go look in this wide receiver room. Once you get past, you know, Tober, because I think Tober's slotted. Like, Tober's not going over a third-round pick. He's not getting cut. So you got those four. After that, if they decide to carry six, it's not like there's a whole lot of competition there. You know, we're going to talk about other receivers that were brought in here uh, via the end of the draft and undrafted free agency list. But the room wasn't so thick that I couldn't see Turpin being, and I say Turpin, I meant Turpin, Turpin being on this, on the team. And I know we had fun with it the other day, right? But I, I just got to wait and see a little bit more. So those are the two guys I was contemplating putting on, but I, but I eventually took them off. And, and, then, and that's what I'm seeing right now. Uh, Turpin. A lot of guys have Turpin as losers. I, I thought about it, so that's fair. Uh, the Guru says Ball and right. So I do have Ball, the Guru, as a winner, though. I don't, I'm not sure if you have Ball as a loser. If you missed the beginning of our topic, uh, my explanation for Josh Ball and this whole group being a winner is because they did not draft a plug-and-play guard. And 
Will McClay, if you missed the audio, talked about how they're going to be counting on these guys. So they're going to give them the opportunity. That's why I called him a winner. But he's a winner with a ton of pressure. A winner with a ton of pressure. Let me roll up here to see any more. Chauncey, no, I think Chauncey's safe. I think, and maybe it's because I liked his tape when he got a shot a bunch last year, but I think Chauncey's safe. Um, I, th- I would put Chauncey above Neville. You know, I, I, I'd i put Chauncey Gosen above Neville Gallimore. Seriously. <laughs> Y'all know how we feel about Pro Bowl. The Guru said Turpin is a Pro Bowl returner. Why would his roster spot be in jeopardy? I mean, I didn't put him on a losers list. Uh, but we are we believe that Deuce Vaughn can be a good returner, if not better. Like, I'm not trying to shit on Turpin as a returner because he he flipped the field for us a good amount of times. But boy, you would think you would think he scored a bunch of touchdowns. I asked somebody to do this for me the other day or, or the, the other month. I said, when was the last time an all-pro returner made an all-pro team and didn't return a single touchdown? I, I was I was genuinely curious. Like, I'm not trying to come at him, but he didn't return. Not He didn't even get close. Has he ever has he returned anything inside the 15, inside the 20, inside the 10? You know, he didn't even get close. I mean, flip field position, we get to the 40, the 50, you know, 35. I mean, I ain't going to knock him on that. But I don't remember the last time an all-pro returner didn't score a touchdown. So when I look at Deuce Vaughn as potentially battling for his spot, it's because he has better vision in the open field. I don't even think that can be debated. You couldn't possibly watch Kevontae Turpin last year and be like, man, that guy, that dude's vision's crazy. Nah, man. So that, that's that's the only reason why I think a lot of fans and myself think there could be some competition for that spot. If I was just like straight up returner, I would put him on the list. But I'm looking at it. Can Turpin get in that wide receiver room? They talked about how he he talked to the team and Turpin was a was was you know trying to advocate for more responsibility on the offensive side of the ball. And apparently they might give it to him. So I look at the receiver room and I'm like, mm, it's not so thick that I can't see him being on the team. But if you're just talking strictly returner. Let's see what happens because Deuce, Deuce Vaughn, is a, he got better vision than that dude. He might not be as fast as that dude, but he, he's just quick. He got the quickness. That'd be a legitimate competition. Let's get back to these phone lines. Deshaun, what's good, man? Deshaun going once. Deshaun going twice. So, oh, 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 oh. All right, we, mm-hmm. we got him more. You was about to get sold, bro. Yeah, <laughs> What's good, brother? What's good? Uh, so, me, personally, I think the losers are, like I said, like you said, Gallimore. And because um, I think he's going to get pushed because he really hasn't done anything. Yeah. Me, I think overshot, yeah. I think Jabril Cox is too. So I think Overshadow, he's kind of there for like, because you know we have a lot of mobile QBs in, like, in the NFC and like the Rock, like the Jalen Hurts, the Daniel Jones. Jones. I think he's more of that person. Sam Howe, mm-hmm. move around too. Yeah. yeah, and so he's like that white Michael Vick. So I just think, I, me first, I like the competition. Don't do that. I like that there's a lot of um, 
depth to it. I wanted depth. I didn't want the flash name. I wanted guys to come in here and push guys out. Because me personally, I know the draft didn't go how people wanted to go, but I was I was like more impressed that we actually stick to like the physicalness. Like everybody wants flashiness and I'd rather stick to physical because most teams in the NFL, especially in the NFC, are physical teams that wants to wear you down and wear you out. Now, not gonna lie, I I did not like that we sit up here and got a tight end in a second. I really wanted me a guard because I really wanted to just get everything just kind of in place and, yeah. and like everything, all the groundwork's covered up because I don't like that he was saying that he wants to rely on the young guys and, and rely on them to develop. Well, what if the young guys don't develop? What if the young guys don't come out and give you the expectation that you're looking for? Now we're in a hole stuck in trying to cover up a gap that we should have covered up in the draft. Yeah, I think a lot of us wanted to guard in the second round, man. But we at least Will McClay gave us his his opinion on it, and, and that's or not opinion, but his process, his thought process on it, and that's kind of where we're at. You know, can't cry over spilt milk now. Now we got to figure out who's going to win that spot. That's true. And then I guess my final thing is, me personally, I think Duke Bond will probably push out Malik Davis and a lot of other people. Actually, he might actually get to uh, uh, RB two. Because Jones is nice, but I don't think Jones is going to give you kind of what Duke will give you. And the only reason I say that is because, like, I'm not going to lie, these people are hungry. They're they're hungry for a position. When you got rookies coming in, they're hungry to, like, take spots and well, take names. Well, if you're so, talking about hunger, who's hungrier than Ronald Jones? <laughs> Ronald Jones was pissed off, you know, com- coming out of Kansas City. He, he didn't get a chance to play. Um, and if you listen to when he was down there, he he wanted to he wanted to get a shot to prove himself, and he's about to get that shot. So I don't think there's nobody going to be hungrier than, than Ronald Jones, and I don't think Deuce can push both of those guys off. Maybe one or the other, but not both. They're, they're going to carry three or four backs. True. Like I said, we'll see, though. Like I told you, hungry, you can be as hungry as you want to, but if you don't – if there's no, like, you know – there's no production, then you can be as hungry as you need to. I mean, but you're going but, against uh, what you just case, said. You just, you just said these rookies know, is coming I, in I, hungry. I know, but I'm saying, like, I, I think – That's the only reason the, why I brought that up. Hold on. The rookies, the rookies are hungry just as much as the vet are. Like, everybody wants to prove themselves. You got to look at it that way. Sure. Every I'm, I'm just saying themselves. don't overlook a guy like Ronald Jones who's just as if not more hungry because those rookies got four-year contracts. Ronald Jones got a one-year minimum deal that if he don't show out – Sure. That could be enough. That could be it for him. So I'm just saying, yes, hunger matters for the rookies, but it also matters for the for the veteran as well. That's all I'm saying. All right. And then last thing, uh, I'm glad you went to Monday Night Raw. I went too. I was in the suites. I wish I could have seen you out there, but hey, it is what it is. You was where? Uh the Monday Night Raw. I was in the suites. I was in the suite section. I didn't even know they had suite sections at at, at Dickies. Yeah. Yeah, we was what <laughs> one was one twenty. Kind of right in the middle nice. on the TV side. So the there was a production side, and then there's, there's a TV shot. We was at the TV shot in the middle, man. Right, mm-hmm. Good seat. The Dickies Arena is a perfect arena, man. You can sit anywhere that's not at the very, very tippy, tippy top, and you got you got great seats, yep. man. All right, Dan. Thanks, guy. Salute. Just looked over here. Clebo said, "People sleeping on Rojo." Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I think Ronald Jones. I, I maybe, and I'm trying to get rid of my biases because I like Ronald Jones. Like I, I think he can actually be your power back on this team. But I also have to understand that we we got to get to camp, and we and we got to see it. I just saw him do it though for a Super Bowl winning team, you know. 
And it's not like, ah, oh, man, this dude's a hurt guy. This dude's a, a dude with a bunch of carries. He's a, he's a unique acquisition, especially at the running back. This isn't, um, what do we get? Alfred Morris, right? Alfred, and he could play Alfred Morris, actually, for this team. But we got Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris was kind of a plotter of a back, very smart back. Uh, but he had a ton of carries on his body. And, and you knew he wasn't going to be around too much longer. Rojo's young. Rojo essentially had a whole year off to chill and get pissed. So, you know, when we get to camp, I feel like he's going to truck somebody. And then next thing you know, bing, 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 bing. We're going to see it all on Twitter. We're going to see it all on Facebook, YouTube, wherever. And now we're going to get familiar with Ronald Jones. But Ronald Jones is no slouch when it comes to running that ball. And I think it's because he's a one-year deal. He's just a running back. You know, he's not a big name. I get it. I'm just saying, let's, let's see when them pads come on, though. Let's see when them pads come on. See who want to tackle Ronald Jones. That's all. Henry. What's good, man? What's up, Scott? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm all right. I feel like this, okay? Number one, Dallas has some players out of position. Jabril Cox is not a linebacker. He's a safety. That's one. Okay. I feel like Sam Williams would be more productive at right outside linebacker. And I think we should, if we, if Gallimore can't really make the roster like we need to, I think he should be moved to offensive line. That's another thing. I like, wait, I like, wait, 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 food, so. wait, 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 wait. I, didn't, I don't think I heard that right. Can you repeat that last thing? Yes. If Dallas does not utilize Gallimore on defensive line, he needs to be moved to offensive line. See what he can do. Because he has that dog in him. He can move people around. Especially when you pull people. If you pull him on the line, I think he'll be even more uh, fired, you know, more productive. I have nothing. Well, I have nothing for Yeah, keep going. But that's that's one of the things. Um, another thing, I'm disappointed in the draft. I felt like it was a C minus. I'm more happy about the. Um, Acquisitions they made with the, uh, with the uh, what is it, undrafted? I like that better than the actual draft. I only like about three players in the draft, but that's just me. That's the kid from North Carolina. Uh, let's see um, the, the defensive tackle and the kid from Texas. Those are the three that I do like. But I felt like we should have really went out and tried to get a kicker or something, you know, just a little stuff here and there, maybe a quarterback. Maybe that's just me. But yeah. you never know. It is what it is. I think they I think they're good at backup quarterback. If they were looking to to get a quarterback to develop for the future, then maybe. But uh they signed Cooper Rush to a two year deal. Cooper's five and one as a starter. I think the Cowboys probably got one of the better quarterback situations in the league. They got a they got a qualified franchise quarterback and they got a backup that they figured out how to win with. I mean, but aren't they learning a new offense? Uh, in a way, 30%. That's what Mike McCarthy said. I mean, the offense is probably going to actually aid aid the quarterbacks, not not hurt the quarterbacks. Okay. We're going to see. <laughs> We're going to see. Yeah, that's one thing we will do is see. For sure. But, yeah, that's all I pretty much have, man. The Dallas just needs to change up some players. Some players might be stronger at certain positions. I work with it. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, another uh, thing. I don't know about that switching your defensive tackle to offensive line, though. Come on now. I believe in it. I mean, we've seen it before. 
you know, in Dallas. So, I mean, we saw with who? What was it, Nate Newton? Yeah, yeah, we, we so, seen I mean, it. it you know, brother, it can happen. Yeah, yeah, anything is possible. Yeah. One more thing, um, please, everybody, um, please give note to Bland and Mukwamu. You know, that's that's all I'm asking. Give them the respect. That's all I'm asking, man. Oh, who's disrespecting Bland and Mukwamu now? It's just I'm I'm hearing some people how they're talking about you know the cornerback position stuff. It's, it annoys me. I hear uh, national media they they constantly um, don't mention their names. They act like they're just some <laughs> chumps, man. It really bothers me. It's like for instance, okay, Forbes got drafted by Washington, right? Bland, Mukwamu, and Forbes are the same player. I'm sorry, that's the way I feel about it. So, What's Forbes got to do with this? Thing. No, I'm just saying, you know, that's technically the same player. That they're all the same player, in my opinion. So they're just as good. So I think the national media just needs to give them that respect a little bit. Well, I'm here to tell you right now, the national media don't even know who Deron Bland and Israel McQuamo is, brother. How can you not know who Deron Bland is if he had five picks last year? Because they, don't, very they well. don't care about the cornerback three in Dallas. They're going to see Trayvon Diggs, and they traded for Stephon Gilmore. The national media don't care about the Cowboys' fifth-round pick. They don't care. So but I wouldn't even, have more play, though. And so I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even seek out validation from the national media when it comes to the Cowboys. That's where we go wrong as fans. All right. All right. But, yeah, Dallas should have a top-five defense next year, so oh, yeah. as long as everybody stays healthy. Easily. And I'm, here's another thing. One more thing. <laughs> Dallas defense is be- was better than Philadelphia's last year. We just had injuries. That was it. I agree. If if Lord went down, come on, that defense would have been having if, like the most sacks and, in the league. And I hate to say that if it was fifth with injuries and whatnot, I do. I hate to be that guy, but I do think if the Cowboys stay healthy last year, the defense would have would have been better. You know, they were better in certain aspects yeah. in general, but they could say the same thing. So I don't want to do that. But I'm going to say this right now. I think the Cowboys will have a better defense this year. And that's with Jalen Carter. That's with, you know, Nolan Smith, all that. Yep. I think the Cowboys are going to have a better defense. All right, Sky. That's it for me, man. Yeah. Salute, man. All right. Look, I, I totally get that you can switch positions. And it has happened before. We've talked about it here. Hell, they just did it with, uh, with what's his name, uh, Isaac Aracon. Isaac Aragon is a Mexican football player that didn't know the game of American football well and just couldn't quite get the offense things down. Neville Gallimore been playing defensive line his whole entire life. I'm just going to admit that. That was interesting. You know, we get a lot of interesting takes here, but that was one of the interesting. Neville Gallimore to offensive line. Okay. Uh, let me lock these up so we can we can we can keep it moving here. We got four. I let a couple more sneak in here. I'm gonna switch this thing up. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Marv. I got Brandon from Funky Football. I'm gonna finish with Kobe from Tennessee. So Kobe from Tennessee, hold tight. And I got six four six in the middle of all this. So let's let's talk to Marv real quick. What's good, Marv? What's up, Steve? How you doing, brother? I'm good. What you got for us, real quick? Oh man, I love the draft. Uh, you know me. I'm very no, sorry. Let's be so. nice. Let's be nice. Yeah. You ain't wrong. Oh, you know that. <laughs> we ain't got to say it. Oh, go ahead, Mar. What you got for us today? Well, you know, everybody was, uh, I don't think my people mad because of the second pick. 
That's why. Now, they would put the guard. Every, every Cowboy fan on here was like, oh, man, we got an A-plus. <laughs> This is why I don't. This is why I don't do grades, Mark. Because oh, you know what, somebody said something on. I was reading on Twitter. Uh, it was like the 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 Lions general manager or something. And man, he nailed. It. He basically said what I was saying about Danny yesterday. You know, you you have this thought process of who you want to take and where you want to take them, but you actually have the least amount of information on these guys. So when the team picks the guys that you don't have or want. Automatically, when you're starting, to, yeah, when you're starting to grade or you're starting to judge the draft in totality, it's like, man, you still have that that emotion in you, right? You still have that that anger and that emotion in you, and, and that may reflect your grade or may reflect your outlook on the off season or what have you. And it was an interesting take. Now, you know, look, man, we know sometimes teams just are terrible at this drafting situation. But the reason why I wanted to bring yeah. that up with the Cowboys is because they're one of the teams that are not terrible at it. So, thank you. They gave him a C. They gave him a C uh, to the Cowboys fan. They gave him a C plus for taking Gibbs in the first round. And then and then Campbell <laughs> in the top twenty. It, 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 yeah, yeah. And, that's and, and, and that's why he said Gibbs is halfback. And, and they that, gave him a C. Yeah, that's why he said what he said because they passed on Carter and they passed on Wilson. And, and I think he got he wanted to defend his his process. Yeah, and they traded rated the, the halfback to Philly. So all the people got mad, but the, the Cowboys did good because uh, we got two starters. Let me tell y'all again. I still want to know what I'm about to say. Number 58 is starting at the, at the uh, three tech guys. Stop saying he's gonna play one. Let's he's go, Marv. Let's go, Marv. He's he, he, he playing the three tech. Now you got a big power for 330 three tech with long arms that's gonna be bull rushing. I already told you. Yeah. Y'all don't be listening, man. The guy gonna be killing the guard. So then I gonna make them at the. They, who you gonna take? You try to play Hankins one on one. He's gonna bull rush it. Now you gotta pick your. You gotta pick your parts. That leaves your DNs wide open to kill. And I don't know what y'all talking about. Some Smith. Smith go. Smith has six sacks and barely played, guys. Who Do you hear what I just said? Smith. Who? Smith has six sacks. Oh, Nolan. Nolan. Don't don't play. do that. Don't do that. That's, you know what I'm saying? Nolan Nice, though. Uh, so, who, who's, your, who, who's your other starter, Marv? Who's your other starter? Well, uh, the D is, uh, you know, you have your linebackers, number 11, uh, 33. You forgot about him. If he did, the neck injury, if the Cowboys wouldn't count it, he'd have been in round two, no, no, low, no. low round one. For, but who, 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 the who, linebacker from LSU. Who's your other starter? That's our starter. Who's your, I thought you said you had you had another you had two starters out this draft. I was curious on who your other one was. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, the two the the, the tight end. He's gonna be a starter. He's okay. starting with Ferguson. The twelve. Oh, he's gonna give you three hundred yards. He's he, like still said he's gonna give you three hundred yards. I see. What three you're to four hundred yards. That's good. And then the other tight ends get to do what they're gonna do. You know, Ferguson's gonna get better. He's gonna be a beast this year. Then you got your boy. 86 gonna be a beast. He's way better than uh, Schultz. Schultz. Long snapper. Everybody's telling he he's way better than Schultz. Better block. Schultz last year sometimes was missing his block and people were stopping us. That was pissing the Cowboys off. That's so, why they didn't bring him back. <clears throat> so I'm I'm very curious. Somebody asked me this question yesterday, Marv, and and, and they were like, "Would you uh, rather, you know, have Schultz like like sign Schultz or take the chance <laughs> on um?" 
this cash, schoolmaker, schoolmaker, sorry. And I said, I would rather, and it has nothing really to do with schoolmaker. I would rather take the chance of the ceiling being reached and, and being higher uh, with schoolmaker and Ferguson than bring back Schultz. And that's not a knock on Thank Schultz. You. Schultz is a fine tight end. If you brought him back, he'd have been a quality guy for you. Um, he he was a yeah. nuanced route runner as well. He wasn't going to route you up, but he knew where to fit. He knew how to make himself available. He was a secure guy. It is what it is. He, I think, capped out. Schultz is going to be what Schultz is. I'm interested in what, what Ferguson and Schoolmaker can be because I think there's a possibility they can exceed whatever Schultz's ceiling was or is at this point. Oh, they're going to be. So I, I, I would, that. yeah, I would take that risk. There are a lot of people who would not take that risk. I would take that risk in the year two Ferguson, and then if they if they really do put Schoolmaker as at, as the tight end two and not one, I would be a little bit more keeping my eye on the situation. If they say, "Hey, we're throwing Schoolmaker in there right now," he's our tight end one. He's going to play seventy five percent of the snaps. He's going to be the guy for eleven. That's a lot to ask. For a dude who didn't get who didn't get a chance to be a receiving guy, and and the Cowboys use their tight ends there, so we'll, we'll talk more about yeah. Schoolmaker tomorrow. I think we're going to do and, it, tomorrow, and, but anyway. And, and it's going to be a, it's going to be about three halfbacks on the practice squad. That gave, I mean, uh, that gave me Ronald too, because they signed Zeke back. That means Ronald going to be on the practice squad. And you, you still oh, need, Rojo. And you still need you still need they ain't signed Zeke yet. But but that is that is that is that changes everything. If Zeke gets signed, yeah. the conversation completely changes about what we think the running back room could look like. You know, yeah. you, you could almost so eliminate they, two names completely off that list. Yeah. So they're gonna keep Davis. Davis, they impressed. You know, I, like you say. Not, you gotta, wait, 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 wait. If they sign yeah. Zeke, you think they're keeping Davis? So yeah, I don't see that. Yeah, so I, I mean, see that happen. You think they? So wait, 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 wait. So you think three running backs or four running backs? If they if they sign Z? Three, four. Oh, three, four. Okay, never mind. Then. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? David is special team. Zeke, but they're gonna keep Ronald. He'll be on the practice squad. They do that for veterans. Yeah, that's yeah. good. They keep that's good. That's good. They keep veterans on the practice squad. And uh, man, the Dallas got so much uh, talent. With the guard position, the guard. Now you made a good point. The guard, they're gonna give Ball his chance, and they're gonna give uh, uh, they uh, what's that? Wesco, Wesco, the, the tackle. Super chat. They hurt it. They gotta hurt his shoulder. Well, let's go. And he came back. Okay, yeah. They're gonna get their chance, but the guys they just drafted guys. Y'all do y'all homework. Them guys are three year starters. They. They they very good. Okay, like, like we said, you can't drop everybody, and uh, Dallas good on picking free agents, and uh, they're gonna have a chance. That 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 guard position is gonna be a battle in camp. In closing, it's gonna be a battle in camp. In closing, uh, the Cowboys gonna do good. Uh, the guy that's on the bubble is I keep telling you, is number two guys, Lewis. That's the bubble guy. Five million dollars. Just got off an injury. They gonna keep their gunners. I hate to tell you, even though y'all hate it, <laughs> even though still hate it, because they, they, like you say, still do they invest their money. And do number one, don't they do invest their money. He got, he got two more years this year, and next year. If he don't make it go, 
That's why they jumped the other guy. They just picked in the sixth round. I was about to so say, what do, you, two, what do you think number, about what do you think about them drafting up, trading up to get Eric Scott? Yeah, Eric Scott. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm about to tell you. Yeah. Number number two and twenty five got a ball. Out. Number two ain't gonna be able to come wait, back. Twenty five so, got a ball. Out. So wait a minute, Marv. Like you're not being fair, man. I'm not gonna go down this road, but. You can't just say just number two you. and number twenty five and not include number one. That's number not, one is a gunner. I hate to tell you, brother. What, brother, Especially brother, brother Eric Scott thing. can be their gunner too. Well, number number uh, who's that? Your boy you just got Texas. He's gonna be on that special team too. He's gonna have one of the best powers. I heard uh, uh before I get out here. Yeah, all I, I ask before, is for uh, y'all to be to, to, to be I'm fair. Being honest. Nah, he's gonna be fair. He got two years left. Just say he buys. Number one guy. Number buy. one got two years. Left. What the hell that mean? Twenty five man. Twenty five. Big country had four years and they cut his ass. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They gave him four oh, years though. You were, all right, man. What did you do? You're not making God, sense. They just got. <laughs> God, you just put yourself in trouble. Big country got four years. And they, just and they cut him. They cut. Him. Yeah, this you talking about Kelvin Joseph years? got two years? What the hell? Two years got to do with anything? Here's what Kelvin Joseph got going for him. He was a second round pick, and he played special yep. teams. The problem is Eric Scott's probably going to come in here and play special teams as well. But Kelvin Joseph finished the damn season as cornerback number 12, and I, I, I don't know how I can look past that. Bro. I just can't do it. He I know, but we're going to see in the camp. That's why, that's why they got camp. Like you say, everybody's on the bubble. Even the D-Chalker number 96 got to get off his butt and make some plays. He's on the bubble. And there's a lot of people on the bubble. It is, man. And I'm, you know what? I, it, it, and I'm it, glad before it, I get off here, I'm glad they're doing that. Now they doing it. They doing it the Jimmy Johnson way. If your ass ain't playing right, you getting out of here. Indeed. About time. So I agree with you. Amen. No oh. favoritism. <laughs> Marv Carper Jr., oh. ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. Yes. So, My big fifty-eight at nose tackle. He is your new three tech that's gonna get about four or five sacks and destroy the guard. Thank you. Salute. <laughs> oh. Yo, I know Marvin. <laughs> can just imagine. Look, I'm going to have a real life story with, with, with about Marvin when we get down to camp. Because I, I got all these possibilities of, of what Marvin is like, but but I'm going to have a real life story for y'all whenever we come back, man. Marv Kyber Jr., ladies and gentlemen. Let's finish off these... Uh, these these calls here. What I say, uh, frankly, foot branded for frankly football, uh, six four six. Then Kobe, what's good, B? What's going on, Scott? How you doing, man? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Loud and clear, man. What's up? All right, perfect. Um, so I was hearing one thing that you said earlier about um about Malik Davis not necessarily being on the bubble. And, I was um, I was teetering. Frankly, I disagree. No, 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 no. I, I was teetering. I no, 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 no. Listen to me. Listen to me. He was on my list. Mm -hmm. He was the name that I took mm -hmm. off because I didn't think the room yeah. was that big. But I said it's fair if you mm -hmm. want to put him on there because Deuce Vaughn, Rojo, TP could easily be the three you carry. So I'm not going to argue with you. I, mm -hmm. Malik Davis, you mm -hmm. want to put his name as a potential loser coming out the draft. Hey, look, hey dog, won't, won't see me complaining about it. So let's just start off there. Let me explain. Let me explain. I think that he doesn't have a niche um, because the team uh, picked up Ronald Jones, they drafted Deuce Vaughn, and Hunter Lefke is an undrafted free agency. So you have three guys that do uh, three unique things. 
right? What is Malik Davis's niche that one of those guys does not feel to be more experienced, younger, or cheaper, right? I mean, he's a, he's a better runner than Hunter Lipke, but, but Hunter Lipke's a fullback. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know that I can right. include Hunter Lipke into the running back room. Um, so I won't do that. But Hunter mm-hmm. Lipke, I will put him in the Sean McEwen and Princeton fan competition. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if you need a power slash short yardage guy, why wouldn't Because y'all got that in Rojo. Isn't that even better? Um, so, I mean, isn't, isn't that kind of Malik's role in, in, in a rotation, you know? Um, I mean, Malik's just a good if he, if overall he back, you know. It, like, he's definitely yeah. going to not just lay down. Like, anytime Malik Davis got a chance to show off his his skills, Malik Davis showed off the pop, his vision at the second level. And in this, he did this in real-life NFL games. So, you know, I don't think we can just yeah. discount him because of the potential of a fullback with shoulder injury out of North Dakota state. I don't think we could just discount mm-hmm. him, you know, because of the one year running back that they signed. I like Ronald Jones. So I'll listen, Malik yep. Davis is definitely, if you want to say bubble, sure. But I don't think it's just a clear cut. Oh, well he doesn't bring nothing to the table. These other guys don't but like Malik Davis showed you that he give him the ball. I got some pop. I'm physical. I'm tough. He caught the ball at the backfield very well. He averaged 10 yards per pop when he, when he uh, caught the ball at the backfield. So, Maybe maybe we should probably pop on some Malik Davis tape from last year, and, and maybe we feel a little bit better about him. Hey man, you know we we can we can do this as a show. You know, talk talk to me. Um, you can break it down. But um, another another thing that I that, that frustrates me, you know, I, I hate progress stoppers. You know, I'm, it, it frustrates me when Cowboys fans, you know, suddenly want to bring back Zeke Elliott. You know, I, I if, if you if you go and get a new set of tires. You know, the, the tires that the tread is gone, you know, the wires are showing, you don't you don't keep those around and put them back on your on your wheels. You know, once once your new tires are on on your wheels. You Who do you consider a progress stop? So Zeke Elliott. No, you know, oh, I, I yeah, think that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, it's good that the team has now decided to move on in a new direction and look towards the sun. And I think that now the talks of potentially bringing Zeke back is a potential progress stopper. How do you feel about that? That's that's a perfect word. I mean, wouldn't it seem like uh, Jason Witten all over again? Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm not come, listen, y'all. I'm not trying to say he's Jason Witten from 2019, but it's it's a guy who we felt with the, the, this version of what they want to do passed them, and they brought him back for sentimental value and. He he stopped the progress of Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. We we saw the very next year. In fact, we saw a little bit that Dalton Schultz was ready, you know, at that point in time. And he was pissed. You know, Dalton Schultz, you know, was telling some some of you know former teammates that we don't like Jason Witten <laughs> because of what Jason Witten did to that room. So yeah, I don't know if that's gonna be the same thing with Zeke, but he could be the definition of progress stopper to a uh, Deuce Vaughn, Malik Davis, uh or, or what have you. That's exactly it, and I think that will be counterproductive um, to to the rest of the guys behind him if if they decide to go that route. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I'm, I would move forward. I don't think they need to look back there. Now, you you mentioned that uh, Jabril Cox could be a guy who who may lose out on playing time 
due to Demario on the overshone. Depth chart. Um, he ain't playing yet. He ain't yeah, yeah, playing, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, that that could very well be the case because when he's on the field, he's one of those guys that you can always see the wheels turn, right? Um and and maybe maybe the game uh, was always just a little bit too fast for him. Um, this might be you know that that year for him where it's kind of make a break. Um, and camp is going to be very important for him. Huge, uh, yeah, it's gonna be huge. Yeah, it'd be the the first so, camp as a professional. Uh, you know, well, I guess you call it his rookie year, but you know, his rookie year is his mm-hmm. rookie year. But this will be the first time really he'll be able to not worry about focusing on being a rookie or focusing on. Yeah rehab and, and, and being a little bit behind. Yeah. So he'll be ahead of schedule more than he's ever been. And it's going to be important for him to make sure that that's seen on the field. He better, he better worry about Devin Harper as well. Yeah. Harper. So me and Vosh did a thing where we have overshone below Clark, but ahead of Harper and, and Jabril Cox because of, you know, the pedigree and, and how they're going to use yeah. them. But I mean, shoot, I could have included Devin Harper in this too, but Devin Harper was a six round pick. So, you know, he, he's always technically on the bubble until he shows something, yeah. you know, as a six-round pick. But as a fourth-round pick, you know, that sucks that they go out and get a linebacker to basically do what they wanted you to do. Absolutely, absolutely. But that lets you know that talent acquisition is 365 days a year, right? Yep. Well, um, it is now. It wasn't, it wasn't for a long time <laughs> in Dallas. It is now. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but, you know, that, that – in, in recent days, you really heard Will McClay sound more and more like a GM, um, you know, especially with his, his 105.3, um, you know, interview. Um, he, he, he's really been putting on that GM suit and tie, uh, you know, recently. And, that, and that's really um, encouraging. Will McClay uh, has the, the, the utmost trust in these dudes. I wish they would really make him a GM. Yeah. Probably won't happen until, you know, the, the, there's a change in ownership. From, from When I say change, I know what I mean. And I'm not trying to sound dark here. But I, there there yeah. could be a world yeah. where whenever Steven takes over, maybe he he lets him become the, the actual real GM and not just player personnel guy, draft guy. But that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. Um, I, the I, last yeah, in closing, B, in closing. And and I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Did you want to finish your thought before? I do no, I, I was just saying in closing because I'm going to get to these ex who call us so we can keep it moving. Absolutely. Um, you know, I like to be you know very structured. Yes. Last position that I want to talk about is these wide receivers, um, Jalen Tober and Simi Fajoko. Um, These are two guys who you know been very slow in their development, and Will McClay you know talked about that specifically. Yes, he did. Um, while they you know were safe from the tidal wave of the draft they may not be safe from, you know, their slow development. Do you think that there are there is someone in particular who, you know, may be right behind them or breathing down their neck? Is there someone that you're looking at? I have them as winners coming out the draft, but very much like I did yeah. with the uh, the offensive line. They're winners, but they, there's pressure. Probably more on Semi because Jalen's got the pedigree. He's not getting cut anytime soon. He's going to make this team unless he's just absolutely terrible. Um, but I mean, look, yeah. they still have to worry about some of these these undrafted guys, the croppers of the world. Um, I don't know if Turpin's going to get a chance to show off his offensive wide receiver skill set. But if they allow him to, they got to worry. They have to worry about everyone. 
in, in, in reality yeah. because they haven't really shown that, hey, man, put put me on this team and put the ball in my hands on a consistent basis. So, yeah, they, they got to worry about everybody behind them coming for them because you know what those dudes are saying? Jalen Tober got two receptions year one. Semi Fioko ain't played, ain't get ain't, how many receptions in two years? Oh, I can get that spot. That's what I would be doing if I was Cropper, if I was mm-hmm. Turpin, you know, if I was the, the cat from South Carolina, if I was Brooks, if I was all these dudes, I'd be saying the same thing. I'm coming for your spot because your spot is not secured in that depth chart. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that hunger that hunger should be within everybody. I love to hear it. Dennis Houston, yeah, D. That's an, another name that's that's still around, but you know, he's he's probably in that in that whole group looking at them dudes too. I don't know why he's here, man. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, I'm After not week a, one, I don't know why. Yeah, I'm not a major Dennis Houston fan, but well, we'll see. Dak love him. He was he um, was there. Yeah, man, that, that's that's <laughs> yeah. all I got. All right, man. Appreciate the call, that's B. That's all I got. Great good stuff. Absolutely, good stuff. bro. We 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 need to do some more official work, bro, but I'm I'm glad I'm glad to call in. Get with me, man. Get with me. No doubt. I'll hit your DM. Salute. Yeah, look, these dudes might be winners. But when B asked me, you know, who? Everybody. <laughs> Everybody looking up at, and they're saying to themselves, why not me? Now, this ain't last year. And they got a, they got a Cooks in the building and they got a healthy Gallup. So those three positions are locked down like a vault baby locked down. Shout out to Hitch. But after that, oh, yeah. Look, man, if Dennis Houston could come out the woodwork and he lines up week one, I guess anything is possible down there with, with, with wide receiver coach Prince. So let's see what happens. And Callaway on the roster too, right? 646, what you got for us? Hey, what's up? How are you? This is Frank from New York City. How you doing? Hey, real quick. Man, you up there in giant territory. What's good? Yeah, no, I'm in enemy territory, higher for sure. Hey, real quick, just wanted to give you your flowers, man. The contact you and Vaj provide is second to none, man. Man, thank you. We really, 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 really appreciate it. Keep doing your thing. Hopefully, I get higher, higher, bigger platforms and that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm going to be quick. First time caller, I'm going to be really, really quick. Um, The position that worries me the most is kicker. I know Jerry Jones said that we, 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 we're looking at veteran help, but I'm still worried just because I know our defense is going to be stout. I know in the playoffs these kicks are going to matter. So my question to you, Mr. Will Steele, is have you heard of any kickers possibly coming in, getting working out, getting a workout, you know, anything along those lines? Because I'm really nervous about kicker, and Cowboy fans should be too because we guys remember that debacle that happened in Tampa Bay. Thank yes. God we're winning by so many points, and then in San Francisco, you know that could have been a game changer because, you know, you may, that the thought of not putting three up on the board, it, you know, let's go for, for on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal, that changes the the yeah, game yeah, for it you. Yeah, changes so, the process for sure. Yeah, for sure. So I'm like really, really worried about the kicking game, and just want to hear your thoughts on that and see if you heard anything. And I appreciate you taking the call. It's Frankie, right? Yeah. All right. Pre- appreciate the call, Frankie. Hey, look. No, he, no, appreciate it. Well, thank you, man. He's absolutely right. The, the kicker position is is something that we we should be quote unquote worried about because we don't have that proven guy. Now, now Jerry Jones did say in his post post presser that they're going to sign a veteran dude. Immediately, my mind went straight to Robbie Gold. 
But that also could mean this year's version of Semi Feoko. It also could mean this year's version or Semi Feoko because we just were talking about this year's version of Brett Maher or this year's version of uh, Hallelujah. I'm hoping it's Robbie Gold though. Like it ain't gonna cost you a lot. Cowboys got cap. They got space. It might cost you a little bit more than you used to pay. And I know they like to be penny pinching at the position. But how did penny pinching at the position work for you in camp last year when you signed Gatabe and, and brought in Hallelujah and those dudes? Gatabe couldn't even make a field goal. He was terrible. Hallelujah was efficient, but he couldn't make a kick outside of 40, 45 yards. So they brought in Maher. Maher. And you just saw the absolute difference in how that ball came off the field in those two. And I knew it right then and there. Oh, this dude is going to beat him. As long as he don't mess up and miss a whole lot in preseason and training camp, and it's even, if it's even, Maher's leaving. And that's exactly what happened. Um, so, yeah, man, it's, it's, a, it's a good call, good question. Something I want to keep my eyes on as well. Who are these guys? Now, he asked me, are there are there kickers that they brought in of late? Not that I can remember. I know they had a whole tryout, and they signed, is it Vincent Vincent Canto? I, I can't really say his name, but they have a kicker right now, and he's been kicking around the league, but bringing bring in more competition. Bring in more competition. I right, Kobe from Tennessee. Kobe? What's good, man? Oh, what's up? What's up, man? How y'all doing? Man, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Love hearing from you. Man, I've, I've just been hearing a whole lot of nothing from you know, ESPN on top of our fans, you know, it's like, it, it, I feel like I'm in the middle of last year again. You know, we, we drafted Tyler Smith and everybody and their mama said, oh, that was a stupid pick. You know, his bow legs and, you know, he's not <laughs> going to be able to block anybody. You know, it, what did he turn out to be? Fantastic. A pretty damn good lineman. The best and, lineman in draft, yep. Yeah, I, I mean, people just – y'all got to chill, man, and trust the process and give these coaches time to to show us what the what they see in these players. You know, we're, none of us – I mean, there might be a few of us, but none of us are playing in the NFL. None of us are coaching in the NFL. We're covering it. We're fans of it. But none of us know what they know. So I just tell folks, man, just chill, sit back, enjoy the show. And just support your team. I mean, that, that's all you can do. You know, getting mad and hating on Philadelphia because everybody and their mama thinks they had the best draft. That don't mean nothing, man. You can have the best draft in the world. You can have the best offense and defense in the world. But that don't mean nothing when you get beat by a one-legged quarterback with TikTok wide receivers. I'm just saying. I, I hate to be that guy, but it's the truth. But look, you're not you're not wrong, Cole. Because look, last year, every you know a lot of people were griping and groaning about the draft, and we get to training camp, and you see some good things from your first round pick. You get to training camp, and you see your fifth round pick might be your third best corner on the roster. You know, talking about Deron Bland. So we just don't know. Maybe we get here, and, and, and awesome sauce Richards showed you something. Maybe we get here, and I'm not saying all these dudes are going to hit. That doesn't hey, happen. I'm excited for Overshawn. Oh, over look. I, I think 
Oh, yeah, I think he re- he reminds me of Donovan Wilson. And that's the exact- way he is, like he hits that heat seeking missile yes. and, and straight to the target. Oh yeah, that's exactly I'm what to watch him play. McClay said and overshone. So there's two things I think, not two things, multiple things I think is going to happen down there. And I say this every year in regards to a, a pop. I think overshone is going to be a guy that's going to get into a fight because he's going to knock somebody out. Like he, like he's going to hit somebody that they're not supposed to be hitting in the sense of. Hey man, we're just thudding up here. He's gonna run through somebody because he's just so damn violent. Yeah, I can see it happen. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He, he it remind as soon as I saw his highlight tape, I was like, oh yeah, that's Donovan Wilson right there. Hundred yep. <laughs> percent. But yeah, that's all I had to say, man. I ain't I ain't gonna go crazy into depth or you know hype anybody up today. But I'm just saying, y'all chill out. Season ain't even started yet. You know, we we got plenty of time and we got a lot of key pieces added to this team that we needed. You know, obviously, yes, we lost to the Niners again in the playoffs. But let's be real. You know, the offensive scheme was not planned properly. You know, it was all around the running back. And guess what? Zeke Elliott couldn't do anything that Tony Pollard was doing. And, again, that's why he is not on this team. I hate it. I love Zeke. You know, I, I remember those first two, three years. I remember the first preseason game going against the Legion of Boom and him smashing yeah, through Cam, Cam Chancellor, Chancellor yeah. and me being like, oh, yeah. Like, I miss it, but this it's like that. at the end of the day, you know, Zeke, it, it's just age and it's time and it's injuries. He's just not got that same speed anymore, and it is what it is. Yeah, is. I'd rather it end on this note than him come back and be even worse. But y'all just keep your head up, man. We got nothing but positivity coming our way. Y'all wait and see. Oh, yeah, man. Appreciate you, Kobe. Good good yes, call sir. to end the show, man. And, you know, at the end at the end of the day, I think there is a lot more to be excited about on this upcoming season than not. But I get we're, I get we're fresh off of, uh, you know, the draft. So so everything is kind of centered around the draft. But I, but I think your your team set themselves up very well to be a top team in, in in the NFC. And I looked at, and I don't want to bring this up because y'all know how I feel about national media, but I looked at the whole top NFC teams from Colin Cowherd. I, I know y'all. Yeah, Seattle above Dallas. You want to say Philly, whatever. You want to say 49ers, which I don't think. I mean, I know they beat us with the backup. I get it. But I would still put us in the top two. But Seattle, well, he got something for Pete Carroll. I, I don't understand, man. Seattle's not better than us. See, I don't know better than us. All right, let's uh let's get to these super chats. Good. We we are for the most part kind of caught up here on the super chats. Super chat. Glenn dropped one earlier and said, Was Fehoko making catches on starters in camp? Yes. Uh Fehoko was was very productive in camp. Now, early in camp, I think it was actually was it mini camp. There was a little bit of the same struggles you saw last year. I talked to Kyle Yeomans. We actually brought him on the show. And he talked about that, meaning he would have some of these mental drops. But once he got down there, there's actually a play. In fact, you probably don't. You'll remember this, Glenn. The play that made. Who was it? Uh, Trayvon Diggs. And correct me if I'm wrong. Trayvon Diggs shut down his Twitter was Semi Fayoko. I think beating Trayvon Diggs. I think it was Semi Fayoko. Uh, but yeah, Simi was Simi was a, a huge playmaker down there. It was Simi and it was Noah, like constantly battling for these big plays that were being made uh, at training camp. And, and that's why I was like, look, 
I, I thought he was your second best receiver at camp. And everyone was saying, no, way. and it might have been no, and maybe I was being a bit biased. But but I thought Simi deserved a, be- a bigger shot during the season. So, so yeah, he was making plays down there against everybody. Uh, we don't wipe them 304s, drop one earlier and said, <laughs> Super chat. You got to be on Marv's call. Uh, over, what did he say? Got that number three from Texas, Marvin Overhaul. Hilarious. Uh, that was the other the other year I think Drizzy CD was getting at digs too, but but the one that he got beat on I want to say was was Simi Felco, bro. I want to say it was Simi Felco, and the next thing you know, his Twitter was shut down. It was done, and then Black Lion Super Chat dropped one and said, uh, "I like the draft. I'm not emotional because the player I may have wanted they didn't pick. The team has a philosophy. Jalen is going to be." Is going to ball this year. My guess you mean Jalen Brooks. Is that what you're talking about? Well, let me tell you something right now. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. I don't mean to rain on your parade. But if Jalen Brooks is a baller or is going to ball this year, boy, your wide receiver room is in trouble, trouble. Ain't no way Jalen Brooks to see the field. Ain't no way. That's all I'm going to say. All right, back to the chat. And let's get up out of here. Beast Mo said he's only interested in Isaiah Land and Lipke making the team as undrafted free agent. Any more than that means your roster is weak. Um, I'm still going through the list, Beast Mode. I'm still going through the list. And Land is, is one of them ones. Uh, led the nation in sacks. HBCU. Um... We talked about fan today. We talked about Lipke yesterday. We're going to talk about Cropper. I, I think the receiver Cropper, man. No, I think if a if an undrafted free agent wide receiver makes the team, <clears throat> I don't really see in that being a negative. I don't think the wide receiver room is is locked down like a vault after the you know the third and fourth guy, the fourth guy, yes, I, which is Tobert. I don't think he's getting cut, but if they're going to carry six. There's two spots up for grabs, two of them. And look, man, I, I I don't mean to be a WICR dropping uh, Jalen Brooks. I'm guessing that's what you mean. I'm not, I'm not knocking this kid, you know, drafted by the Cowboys, rooting for him, hope he does well. But I do not want to see this kid having to be a guy that you're like, man, this guy is balling for you. Because that means Lamb's hurt probably, Cook's hurt probably, Gallup's hurt probably, or, or they're just having a terrible year. That's that's kind of what I mean by that. You're, you're dealing with a ton of injuries at the position. Or you're dealing with a ton of underwhelming play. None of those two things sound good to me. Yes, sir, L. <laughs> like a vault, baby, locked down. <laughs> Very underrated movie. All right, y'all. I'm going to get up out of here, man. I appreciate y'all for joining me today. Uh, do me a favor. If you enjoyed today's show, hit that like button on your way out. Uh, later on, we'll be back live with Vach breaking down Schoon Maker even more and then tomorrow i think i'm going to be doing school man I'm, I'm thinking about it i, I have this i kind of got what i want to do for the rest of the week but there's not enough days so i might have to bump one to next week but i think what i'll do tomorrow is get into our second part of the rating the draft series and we'll talk luke schoolmaker um it only makes sense that way we can get the first two picks out the way this week and then we'll do two more picks or maybe three next week as we head into mini camp, uh, 
rookie minicamp and then minicamp in general. So maybe that's what we'll do. Nonetheless, make sure y'all come on back tomorrow. If you want to kind of get a preview of the Schoolmaker Breakdown, we'll be talking about them on the volume of the Washington Bar Live show. And then later tonight, Mo will be back on for A to Z Sports primetime. Of course, of course, of course, you can follow A to Z Sports Dallas on all platforms from YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We everywhere. And if you want to keep up with all the articles, you can at A to Z Sports Dallas dot com. And hit your boy up, man. Hit your boy up on Twitter. Ask Skywalker still. I, I try to interact as best I can, as much as I can on Twitter. Not always about the Cowboys. Uh, 90% of the time it's about the Cowboys. And um, yeah, get with your boy. With that said, find my button. I've been doing this for four years with the same drop. Y'all ain't tired of that one yet? I'm not, but if y'all are, I'll switch it up. I love this drop. It's perfect. It's a perfect chill outro. You know what I mean? Appreciate you, Dallas Cowboys hard hitter. I'll see y'all later, man. I think he's going to be a player for you, Dustin. I do. We out of here. Love you.